you know, you need to talk to me, you need to talk to people, you need to listen to yourself and your body and figure out what you need. Because you know it's coming. You, you know that you're getting that to that stressor point. You're listening to Wild Creative, a podcast designed to inspire creative thought, enhance your artistic process, and excavate enriched understandings about art, culture, and yourself. I'm your host, Emma Kivetna, an alternative writing teacher, artist, entrepreneur, and Sagittarius. I am joining you today from the traditional territories of the Mi'kmaq people in Nova Scotia, Canada. Without further ado, let's explore the wild creative. Hello, I hope you're having a good week. It is unseasonably warm here in Nova Scotia this fall, which although it's been nice, it's also a little concerning since it's not supposed to be quite this warm. But I had a good October. It was very busy. We had a good Halloween. I had almost 100 kids for trick-or-treaters. And I dressed up my dog in a spider costume, which everybody just loved. He was the highlight for sure. And he loved that, of course. I've started work with the artist who is creating the new cover art for the podcast. She sent me three concept ideas the other day, and I'm so excited to get them picked out and honed in on and finalized so that I can show you guys, because she's so talented, and I'm so excited to share her work with you. And uh, I'm just really excited about the vibe of the cover art. So that's coming your way, hopefully within the next week or so, actually. And for today, my guest is Leah Stein. We had a very wholesome conversation, I feel, about her life as a very busy parent to three homeschooled kids and being a content writer and the little farm that they have as well. And we talked about various things with intuition and creativity um, and even her work in the customer service industry. And of course, she talked about copywriting and why story is important for her when she's doing her work. So to give you a little background on Leah, Leah Stein is a copywriter and content writer who has always expressed her creativity. She is the author and illustrator of A Boy and His Butterfly. She owns and operates Leah Stein Writing, and she homeschools her three kids. She loves writing, she loves being in nature, and she loves creating and working with other amazing service-based entrepreneurs. Leah joins me today from her home in Virginia. All right. Hello, Leah. Thank you for joining me on Wild Creative today. Thanks for having me. Um, I do want to talk about your career as a copywriter and content creator eventually, but I kind of want to start things off first talking about creativity and your book. So I want, I'm want i curious to know what your relationship to creativity is, if it started for you in childhood or if you came to it a bit later, because I know your book has, it's a, both a written book and there's art in, in it as well. Right. Yeah. Um, well, the written, the writing, I've always writ, wrote stuff. I've, since I was little, I've been a writer. I have journals and poetry and tons of stuff just that I've had forever that I've written. Um, but the art actually didn't come until later. I thought I was the worst artist in the world, pretty much. I was like, I can't draw anything. And then I was asked to do a painting 
because I was doing like, um, you know, how you, you cut stuff out on a silhouette or whatever, and then you paint it. I was right. doing that just basic stenciling pretty much. And somebody said, Hey, can you paint this? And I was like, I can try. And I did. And it was amazing. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm really good at this. <laughs> and it just took off from there. And I just, you know, it's my outlet now. It's what I do to kind of get out of my own head and just relax. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. And so with the writing, um, how often do you write? Do you get time to do it often these days or? Um, well, I journal every day for myself. I have a gratitude journal that gets done every day, no matter what. Um, and I have, I mean, I, I write for my business. So any pretty much chance I get, I'm writing drives my kids nuts because I homeschool them. And you know, every time they have a writing assignment, they, they're like, Oh my gosh, you're so hard on us. I'm like, well, (laughs) that's what it is. (laughs) Yeah. Well, let's talk about that actually, because I did also want to ask you how, and when you guys decided to homeschool your kids and, and why you decided to do that. Um, well, actually I was signing my oldest who's 13 now up for, uh, kindergarten. And I was at the doctor's filling out the paperwork and getting his physical done. And I mean, he had even done, went to the school and, you know, checked it out. And I was like, I just can't do this. And I called my husband and I'm like, what do you think? You know, they're, he's never going to see you because he, he's a chef. So he works all the time. His off days are weird off days. You know, I was like, what do you, what do you think we should do? And he's like, well, we can try it for kindergarten. So my, that son now is in eighth grade and we're still at it. So, yeah, I mean, my reasoning has changed a little bit over the years, but uh, it's all based, based around family dynamic. Right. And and were you homeschooled growing up or? No, no, no I was no. not. So I, I imagine homeschooling a kid, let alone three kids, that probably takes a lot of energy mm-hmm. and creativity, like to yes. come, keep them engaged and when they, yes, yeah. It's definitely a, a lot of a creativity in there and trying to figure out, okay, what can we do this year that we were lacking last year and try to add that stuff in. And, you right. know, we did a lot of that today, just yeah, basic things. Yeah. Do they give you feedback on what they want you to do? <laughs> yeah. I try to try to include them in the planning because then when they're like, oh, I don't want to do this. I'm like, well, this was your idea. <laughs> so, you know, either way we have to do the subject. So we're going to either going to do it this way or we're going to just do it the other way or mm-hmm. whatever. So I try to include them in the choices I make in regards to that. But um, not obviously you can't always do that because they choose the fun stuff all the time. And of course. Let's do math for marshmallows every day, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually you, you're, you're the adult. So you, you get to have the final say. So. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so with, with your kid's book, um, which was called a, a boy and his butterfly, mm-hmm. what inspired that? Did that come out of, because you were homeschooling the kids and it developed? It did. Um, well, I mean, it was kind of in the works for a little while, just in my mind, but um, it's the character's name is a mixture of my two boys' names. It's Zayden, and I have Caden and Zachary. And um, we, every year, we have a butterfly garden out front of our old house. And every year, we capture the monarch caterpillars and raise them to butterflies and release them. So that's where it all came from. It was just pretty much a story about what we normally did anyway. Mm hmm. Wow. Did they, um, were they involved in the writing process for that? No, not really. Um, I mean, they were there for it, but 
they weren't really involved in it because they were kind of young. I mean, I right. think my oldest was, yeah, it was probably four years ago okay. at least. So, but like in the story creation, did they kind of give you ideas for it or work with you on creating the idea? Or were you mostly? Just... Um, yeah, here and there, like we would talk about the, you know, the enclosure and what do, what do you think is best to, to, you know, use for this and stuff like that. So yeah, I guess we'd kind of brainstorm together. Yeah, that sounds fun. <laughs> so it was yeah. more of like a family uh, project in a sense. Yes. And, yeah. And, and, and you illustrated it as well. Yeah, with a friend of mine, um, I did all the acrylic paints and she did the watercolor paintings. Wow, that's awesome. Do you have any plans for follow-up book or more kids' yes, books? Yes, actually, I have one written halfway right now. It's um called A Girl and Her Earthworm. <laughs> Amazing. Because <laughs> <laughs> my third's a, a little girl. Oh, yes. And yep. she's definitely in the dirt. Oh, yeah. All the time. So it's on, um, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No. I was going to say it sounds like you guys are in the countryside or on a farm or something or... We actually just moved to eight acres of like wooded land in Virginia and um, we've never had it before. So it's definitely nice to have. Uh, we've lived here about a year and a half. So we're opening our eyes to more stuff and she's definitely going to grow up a country girl because she's her favorite thing is to be in the mud and the dirt, picking up the chickens and chasing them around. Mm, and <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Good, good old yeah. farm girl. <laughs> right. That's what she's going to be for sure. Yeah. Do you have plans or ambitions or a desire to to work in any other genre in, in fiction writing like a, a, an adult book or nonfiction. I've considered it but it's just at this stage in my life with a toddler it's just too much too much to think about you know um I was thinking about doing a series a kid the children's book series because uh, I, I tell my kids bedtime stories before they go to bed and I always start them out with once upon a time there's a little girl or boy named and I, they say their name and then we go through their address and their phone number. And then they love whatever. They fill in the blank with that normally. So if it's balloons or whatever, then I make up a story based on these balloons and this little girl. My dad used to do the same thing. Yeah. So it's like, it's great for them to remember their name, address, phone number without realizing that's what they're doing. I was thinking of doing a series based on the stories I tell, but I have I haven't wrapped my head around that yet. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. My my dad did the same thing at night. He would just make up stories on the spot. Um, mm -hmm. I think there was one called Barney the Bubble and <laughs> Peter the Dragon. And they just, nice. yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it's, yeah, it's a magical thing to, to do for your kids. It sounds like stories, story in general is important to you. And I'm sure it probably it relates to your, your, your business too, as a copywriter. Yes. So um, what can you tell us about what you offer in your in your business as a copywriter and how did you get into it? And All right. Well, I have been, like I said, writing my whole life. Um, I started out as a virtual assistant for other companies and I was doing copywriting and content writing and some social media stuff, which I'm not a fan of. Um, but I was doing all like all the things and I did that for a few years. And then I realized that I wanted to start my own business. So I started it out kind of doing the same thing as a VA, but still doing the copywriting and the content writing, but then adding in the other additional random tasks like social media management and stuff like that. So about a year and a half ago, I relaunched. I was like, I'm done doing all the random tasks. I'm going to concentrate on writing. And I was like, everybody says niche down, niche down. So I niched down to specifically audio repurposing for blog posts. And I enjoy that. You know, and then my kids, all three of them got sick and like we were out of commission 
late for at least two weeks where they were all up coughing all night. They were all up, you know, it was just, I didn't have a second to listen to the podcasts to do them. And, you know, I have a hard time doing it from transcripts because transcriptions, because I'd rather do it by listening. So I realized that, you know, in this stage of my life, I can't have that be my only focus in my business. And because I'd always thought that copywriting meant sales, I refused to call myself a copywriter. (laughs) And um, I had this aha moment where I'm like, man, I have been holding myself back for like eight years, not calling myself a copywriter. So that's when I I just started that that kind of made it click. And I was like, okay, that's it. I'm going to be too copywriting. And I was randomly asked to do a lead magnet and I loved it. So I copyright lead magnets, landing pages, email sequences. And I, and I also do still do the content writing, also the blog posts and audio repurposing. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> that's a lot of um, content creation, but uh, yes. So, so it's not, so yeah. So your relationship to copywriting kind of changed then, and it's not as salesy as it, it doesn't need to be salesy at least. Right. Yeah. So do you approach it more from that story standpoint? Or? I do. I do yeah. more of the story standpoint and the, the honest and just authentic and all out there, you know, because people want that no like and trust factor and everybody says it. And then they randomly message you with the sales spiel, you know, but you need to be authentic through and through your website needs to be authentic. Your lead magnet needs to be authentic. You need to actually really be who you are and not pretend to be somebody. And then when it comes down to it, nope, you just want to sell them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's a bit sleazy when it's that way. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes. So it's definitely not fun. Yeah. So what type of clients do you work with primarily? Do you, are you copywriter in a certain industry or topic or niche, or do you kind of just do any? Um, well, mostly service-based entrepreneurs. Um, I've actually found that I have either clients who are very new and really just can't figure out how to get their lead magnet done. They can't figure out why they need it. And they are kind of just confused by the whole thing. And I offer, actually, I just launched a workshop yesterday to help people in that position. And then there's the other side of it who they know what the lead magnet is. They have ideas, they can't hone in on their ideas and they don't have the time. So like, I don't really have anybody in the mid mid range where they're like, okay, I want to do this lead magnet. Most of those people are doing there's own, their own lead magnets. So it's normally beginners or people who are experienced and are so busy, they just don't have the time to do it or they can't, they have so many projects and things going on, they can't focus and figure out what they need to have it on or where it should go or anything. So yeah, and so you kind of come in. take that off their plate for them and yeah. Yes, yeah, because I have a strategy call with all my clients that really digs into what they need, what they're looking to do, you know, narrow it down to one topic instead of 15 you know, so. Yeah. So copywriting is a really important aspect of everyone's business, but it's, it is difficult because never, not everybody's a writer. So for people who are struggling with that, what, what are kind of some of your top tips or top go-to, that, something you could share today that you see a lot or see a lot of in, in terms of like mistakes that people make in their copy? It goes back to the being honest and authentic and being yourself because if you write your, let's say you write your website based on somebody you, you're pretending to be or how you think they want you to be, and then they book the call with you and they're like, oh, I love this person. This is going to be awesome. And then they talk to you and they're like, wow, you are totally not who you thought I, who I thought you were. 
do you think they're going to book with you? Probably not. You know, so that's a, the biggest mistake I see is that people are pretending to be something they're not because they think it sounds better than themselves. But just remember that you are an expert in your field. You are doing what you do because you want to. And people are going to see right through you being somebody you're not. I guess that's the best way I can describe it is that if you're not yourself in your web website copy and stuff, and you're just trying to get them to click, probably not going to happen. Exactly. That's where you start to come off or come across as that sleazy salesy sleazy. Yes. feeling, which, yep. yeah, we all, we, we all hate that. <laughs> right. Or, and we all know when we're doing it too. It's, it's right. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that doesn't sound like me. Yeah. That's, it sounds a little too pushy or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so working as this copy, as a copywriter, all day and creating content plus the homeschooling and being an author and having written this book i'm sure you must experience creative burnout um yes. and and like in terms of balancing work life with creative life with parenting life how do you manage that um well it's it's definitely um tough with the kids but the biggest thing i do is i'm like let's go for a walk because we have eight acres and it's kind of a straight back in the woods kind of path. So I'm like, let's just go for a walk. Let's go and collect leaves or whatever, even if we just go to walk. And um, if that, you know, if I don't have time for that, I'll you know, do a quick meditation. Paintings definitely may go to, but a lot of times I just don't have the time for that. Oh, I do brain dumps a lot. That's a big one for me. Okay. So what, what, what kind of brain dumps? Just everything. I just write down everything <laughs> that I possibly have to do. It could be long-term, short-term, it could be right now, it could be tomorrow, whatever it is, I can, I just sit there and I write down everything that I need to do for the next, at least week and get it out of my head. Do you have a, um, like a routine or a sort of, um, something you do each week besides the brain dumps? But I guess what I'm asking is, do you have like a, a, a routine for, for each week of how you sit down and do things or is it just kind of every day is different for you? Every day is kind of different for me. I'm trying to create a routine, but it's hard. Um, you know, like I, I've been for the past few weeks, I uh, have been waking up at six to try to get my work done and get like situated before the kids wake up. They used to wake up at like seven, between seven and eight. And like this morning, my 10 year old was up at like 645. I'm like, why are you awake? Go back to bed. It's like they know when I get up early. Oh, of course. So, of course they do. <laughs> so they come out and disrupt everything. But, yeah. you know, like at, the, at that point, it's like, okay, well, they're already awake. I guess I'm just not getting my stuff done. And that's the hardest part, I think, is the, the juggling, juggling that because I try to wake up early. And then when I get up early and I don't get my stuff accomplished because somebody woke up early, then it throws off my whole day. And then, you know, because like my kids wrestle in the evening. So, with my husband, he started a new job that he has to commute to. So he hasn't been home very much. He used to pick them up from wrestling. So I would have the evening to decompress. I would put the baby to bed at seven and I'd have till 830 to myself. And now I don't have that because <laughs> I have to stay, keep the baby up late and wait for them to be done with wrestling before I get home. And then my, my you know, by the time we get home and get everybody a snack and everybody's showered and all the things, it's nine o'clock. Right. Just, just domino effect the whole day. It's, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then by that time, my brain is just not functioning correctly. So, right. <laughs> so, uh, in those times, is there anything you do to kind of get out of that routine to, to, you know, wake yourself up or 
I try reset. <laughs> yeah, I try to I try to just kind of make a list and say, okay, this is my list of the things that I absolutely have to do today. Like if I know it's going to be a crazy day, I will wake up in the morning and I'll make my list of, okay, I have to get this done. I have to get this done and I will make time for it no matter what. Just taking it day by day. Yeah. 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 And like, you know, I mean, like the toddler, she went down for her nap at about 12, 15. Unfortunately, she is already up. But normally she's in bed till two or three. So that gives me a little bit of a gap in the more in the afternoon where she's in bed. The boys are doing their stuff. So I have time to do my stuff. So you're at home right now, just you and the kids. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> do you guys have um, pets as well? Oh, yes. We have chickens and guinea fowl and two dogs, a cat, a snake, fish tank. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So now you have your job the kids creative <laughs> stuff and a whole farm i don't know right right <laughs> so it's, yeah yeah, yeah it's no i like to deal. keep adding onto my plate yeah <laughs> why not why not <laughs> right more the merrier right of course <laughs> wow so whose idea was that to get the animals or have you always had animals in your life well i've always been an animal person we got the cat years ago i mean she he's probably six years old now so we were like, okay, this is, you know, we had tried hamsters and all the little rodents. And I was like, okay, these, they're getting neglected. We need an actual real animal, yeah. like a real pet. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I know they're real animals, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, so we got a cat and then like within two years, the kids had convinced me that we need a dog. And I in turn convinced my husband that we need a dog. And then we moved out here and we we're like, we need two dogs. So we need two dogs because we have eight acres and two dogs is going to ward off the coyotes more than one. So it just keeps growing. Right. And the chickens were, my son wanted chickens. It was like a big promise moving out here that we were good chickens. And then we had a tick problem. So I got guinea fowl <laughs> to eat the ticks. <laughs> it's kind of like this cascade of. <laughs> it sounds like that. What's that rhyme that says that like the, the bird ate the spider and the cat ate <laughs> the bird and the dog ate the <laughs> Uh, it just goes on and on. That's so right. That's exactly that's exactly what it's like. And we're already talking about getting turkeys and goats for milk. And yeah, the horse and cow will be next. <laughs> right. My son wants a cow. I'm like, what are you going to do with a cow? Well, at that point, why not? <laughs> right. But, um. So with, with with being around the children all day and teaching them at home, what have you noticed about your kids in terms of their relationship to creativity and stories and art? Have you seen them develop any? Anything? Actually, no, ne neither of them are um, into art at all. Oh, no. <laughs> they hate writing. <laughs> um, so I'm hoping with a third, you know, when she gets a little older, we'll see some see some creativity there. But uh, my 13-year-old is very creative in building things. He made um, like the squirrel picnic tables and stuff like that. Like he has a lathe and he's very creative in figuring out how to fix things. Like we got a riding mower and it had all these issues and he took it apart and he fixed it and he put it back together. And, you know, so like those kind of things he's super creative with. It's not my kind of creativity, but, but he, right. he put his own spin on that. Yeah. Sounds like an engineer in the making. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then my other one, he is creative in his own way. He always comes up with funny stories and funny ideas and says quirky things and so he, ha he has very creative ideas. It's just about expressing them that he's having that disconnect. Right. 
Right. And how old are they, respectively? Uh, 13 and 10, and then two. Wow. There was a big, a little bit of a gap there between the three. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. That was, uh, we weren't planning on three. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> we love her, though. She's cute. Yeah. That happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I've, I, something I do like to touch on on the show is how creativity plays a role in our mental health and our self-development and vice versa. Um, so I'm curious for you, what have you noticed about being, being a creative person and how that has helped with your mental health or how has your mental health hindered your creativity? If you've, if you've ever gone through periods of your life where you've had. Actually, when we moved here, we had a cascade of events, you know, with COVID on top of the move, we had a lot of issues with the house. My, you know, my husband moved here before us. So I was home with the three kids selling I was at our other in the another city selling our house and getting it ready to sell and we just had kind of one thing after another happen that just cascaded and cascaded and I was in not in a happy place by the time we got here and we had to get the septic replaced and had to get the, the well I mean I was literally bathing the baby in the sink with boiled water because the water had bacteria in it and it was orange you know so it was like you know, my husband's, um, his catalytic converters got stolen at the hotel we were staying at before we could move into the house. We got hit with an ice storm. It was literally just like an onslaught of stuff. And, um, so I was definitely not in a good place. And so my creativity was definitely hindered, like completely and utterly hindered. Like I didn't do anything. I didn't journal. I didn't write. I didn't paint. I, you know, I was grumpy all the time and that definitely has, has an effect on the creativity. And it also, vice versa me not being creative creative hindered my attitude so i actually was working with a mindset coach and she just kind of pulled me out of that funk and i started this self-development journey and that's when i relaunched my business and you know so i work hard to maintain it now to maintain that mindset of wellness and creativity and that's why i journal every day and i'm try i try to do something creative every day I mean, it could be as simple as, I don't know, I can't think of anything right now, but doing something different with school or whatever with the kids. Yeah. Or, or just journaling, as you said. Like, yeah. Or just journaling. Just right. Even, even looking up a prompt or a picture or something and meditating on it. So. Yep. Exactly. What was kind of the, the biggest takeaway for you on a self-development level about like, what was something you learned about yourself coming out of all of that? That I need to trust my intuition. I need to trust myself because uh, that's a big thing that I have put off for a long time. I don't know why, really. I just, I just never really trusted my decisions and trusted that I was doing the right thing. And you, you always look to other people to get advice and look to other people to find out if if you should do this or you should do that or how you should write this and how you should write that. And um, I wasn't trusting that I just knew it, that I knew how to do it. And just because I I'm very good at what I do and I'm, I'm good at writing doesn't mean that everybody else is. And it doesn't mean that what they're saying is better than what I do. If that makes sense. I so relate to that as well. The whole um, trusting your intuition thing. And yeah. Cause I, I, for me, I, for a while I was very, um, I guess I would listen too much to what others were telling me, or I mm -hmm. try to please too many people by pivoting to what they kind of yes. were saying that you should or shouldn't be doing. And it's just like a super inauthentic way to be, as you mentioned earlier about being authentic in your copywriting. I think that yeah. goes for this type of this type of thing as well. And yeah, trusting your intu your intuition more. Yeah, 
Yeah, um, definitely. So is that, does that apply to just everything in your life or mostly like business wise or everything, everything, like just even little things like what we do and what groups we join and the people we hang out with. And, you know, the, the, like, cause that's a big thing I've been trying to do with the kids is try to find a community that they can be a part of and be together. Because like when we left our hometown, we were there forever. So they had to leave all their friends. They had to leave all their, everything they knew, their wrestling club, all the things. So I'm trying to really listen to my, my intuition to say, okay, yes, this is a good person to hang out with. This is a good group to be a part of. This is a good wrestling club to be a part of, you know, this is good for us. This is good for them instead of just doing it because it's the only option or it's, it's convenient or whatever the, right, whatever exactly. the reason is. Yeah. So when you are listening to your intuition or like, how does that show up for you like in your body or in your mind? How do you know if you're kind of on the right track with something? It'll just pop up. It'll keep reminding me, you know, like for example, okay, I'm going to use this workshop for an example, because I have been wanting to do some sort of workshop or online class or course or something for probably a year now and I keep putting it off because it's overwhelming and I'm like I don't even know how to get it to work I don't know how to do it I don't know what I'm doing and I just don't want to tackle that and um I was reached out to somebody by about a free it's like a bundle where they're giving away different things in this bundle and you get subscribers on your email list by doing this giveaway and one of the things they recommend was a workshop so I was like hmm there's my cue. Cause like I, cause the person who did it actually, I, I didn't get in the first time. So it was like, I had said, okay, yes, I'd be interested. And she's like, okay, I'll do a drawing on Friday or whatever. And then she did the drawing and my name wasn't called. So I was like, okay, I guess I'm not in. And then she emailed me like two days later and said, Hey, somebody backed out. Do you want in? I was like, yeah, sure. So I had to literally get my workshop done, all the website stuff, all the back end stuff done in like I don't know four days wow oh my god but that was my kick (laughs) that was me my you know it kept coming up for me that I need to do this I need to do this I need to do this and because I'm a kind of a natural teacher I've that's what I wanted to be when I was a kid as a uh, elementary school teacher so it kept coming up for me that I should do this workshop and training or some something and I didn't and um it just kind of hit me in the face okay now it's time you either do it either do it or don't. So it's like those those signs in yes, the universe and the world. Signs. That's paying attention to the signs and then following them, especially if they repeat a lot. <laughs> right. And they and they was repeating a lot. Like I was seeing them everywhere. And, and it gave me the bump to do it. And with the holidays coming up, it ended up being perfect time, you know, to have this because I'm now a part of another giveaway. And, you know, so like it gives me the opportunity to have that lower ticket thing that you know, anybody can buy. And so what, what is the workshop that you offer? Oh, it's a workshop on how to write your lead magnet without all the stress, stress and confusion, because like I said, a lot of people come into it and they're confused at the process, confused at how it works, confused about what to write, how to write it. So I walk them through step-by-step. There's a workbook included. And is that how long is the workshop? Is it? Uh, It's about 30 minutes. Okay. It's a video workshop. The one-time thing. Yeah. Yeah, one time thing. And but I am available for questions and stuff in my Facebook group and Instagram and email. So if anybody runs into any snags. Yeah, then they can yeah reach out to you. Right. I just had a thought about back to the intuition thing. And, and with your kids and stuff, do you teach your kids how to be intuitive? Or are you is there anything you do with that? 
I, I, I have conversations with them about that because um, my young, my, not my youngest anymore, my middle, he, you know, has, like, he's very sensitive and has lots of feelings. And, you know, sometimes he'll, he'll, he'll just hold them in until he explodes. And I'm like, you need to, you know, listen to what your body's telling you. You need to listen to, if you're starting to feel that anger, you're starting to feel that frustration, you know, you need to talk to me, you need to talk to people, you need to listen to yourself and your body and figure out what you need, because you know, it's coming, you you know, that you're getting that to that stressor point. And he's also very thoughtful and caring. And sometimes he won't do the things that he has in his mind, because he feels like he'll be judged or we, you know, people think it's silly. And, um, and I tell him to listen to his intuition, because it's probably the right step. It's probably the right thing to do. If he, you know, if he has a thought that he needs to, I don't know, make a card for the neighbors, go do it. You know, uh, same with my older ones. I'm like, you know, if you trust yourself because he does all these projects and he, you know, he'll come in and he'll be so frustrated. He's like, I can't fix it. I don't know what's going wrong. And he, um, gets very upset with himself because he's, he says, he's like, I failed. I didn't do it right. And I'm like, you need to trust yourself because you know how to do this. You know what you're doing. You know how to figure it out. Just take a step back and evaluate what you're missing. You know, stop getting so frustrated over it because you can't change what you can't change. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. So I try to make him to trust himself because that's a big thing that he has a problem with is trusting that he knows what he's doing. That's so important for kids to know because they they, they can be so easily, uh, they get frustrated easily because they don't mm-hmm. understand things quite yet. Um, so teaching them about their intuition and their body too is yeah it's uh i I feel like that's something they should be taught in school (laughs) right or yeah in some way but not everybody believes in that though so yeah yeah yeah, that's the thing more people were taught that we'd probably have a better world almost certainly yeah (laughs) (laughs) so going back to your career as a copywriter um was that always what you've done or did you do something before you were a copywriter like when I was actually in the workforce, like out in like yeah. nine to five jobs. Yeah. Yes, I did. I worked, um, my last job before I got out of the workforce was a admissions officer at a college. But before that, I was actually in customer service. I worked in hotels for pretty much when I was 14 till I was 27 ish. So I, um, I was front, front desks, managers, front office managers, things like that. And, um, that's where me and my husband met actually, cause he's a chef and he was cooking in the hotel that I worked at the desk. That's so nice that he's a chef. You must have really good meals at home. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> he's always at work. Oh, darn. He doesn't bring home food for you that he's made? No, leftovers no, <laughs> no. When he is off for more than like one day or a couple days, which is rare, he'll cook at home. But for the most part. I'm the cook at the house. Yeah. Oh, darn. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's uh, definitely a bummer for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you've been, in, it sounds like you've been in the like customer service industry for a while then, at least mm-hmm. when you, in, in your earlier years. So um, yes, you've seen and met a lot of people. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. What's, what's your, what's the biggest takeaway for you from having done customer service of, um, that you could say about people? You know, I feel like now that I'm an entrepreneur and I've been doing this for a while and you come in contact with so many people that are just fake, 
you know, and like, I don't know, being in cut and, and just simple going to the stores nowadays drives me crazy <laughs> because people are so rude and you go, you know, the cashiers, just everybody, it's like, they're miserable there. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just, I feel like being in customer service has opened my eyes to the fact that there are a lot of people who are unhappy and it, I don't feel like it used to be that way as much. I feel like over the past probably five years that has increased dramatically where everybody feels like somebody owes them something for working. I mean, like you're paying your bills with this money. So why do I owe you for checking me out of the grocery store? You know, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff like that. You know, it's like, I, I feel like a lot of people, nobody wants to work. Everybody feels like that everybody, I don't know. I, I guess that's, that's where I, I go with that is just, nobody appreciates what they have yeah that's so interesting because it, it does feel like there's a kind of a shift a cultural shift towards just general unhappiness and mm -hmm. uh, like common unhappiness and it's uh I, I don't know if i guess it has something i feel like it has something to do with the whole nine to five uh work all day sleep at night go back to work next day like that kind of right retire when you're older and then die <laughs> that uh, right that that whole thing that's been laid out for us that was maybe served us better when in the mid-century when the workforce and mass production really picked up but it's kind of yeah. run at run its course run its steam i run run yeah. out of steam and i feel like people are feeling that maybe that's what i i think so too i think that that that's a big part of it but also the fact that employers aren't treating their employees correctly they're promising one thing delivering another and I, you know, I see that a lot in my husband's career, um, just in general. I mean, just restaurant industry, all of the, like pretty much every industry. I just see it more in his because I, I'm with him, but um, I see it in, in all the, the general industries is, you know, if you treat your employees right, they're going to stay and they're going to want to be there. So, I mean, and if they don't, then maybe you need a different employee. Exactly. Yeah. Do you feel like that's gotten worse over the years, the way employers treat their employees or that it's always been just bad generally? I think it's a combination. I don't know. I don't know that it's gotten worse as much as it's just now there's nobody working. Nobody wants to work. So then all the people who are working are more stressed out. They're exhausted because they're not getting any time off because there's nobody in the workforce, which I don't know what they're doing, but <laughs> they're not working. Yeah. I, and I think there's been this real resurgence, or not maybe resurgence, but a a surge of um, the the like gig industry or um, yeah uh, moving job to job, gig to gig. Or there's been a lot of people coming out online now as coaches or uh, oh, yes. work from coaches home. Coaches are everywhere. Yeah, they're everywhere now, and um, which is it's great that people can work from home and find make their own way in life without having to have that overhead employer. Right. Um, and I think that's maybe, I think that is a result of people getting fed up with the nine to five, you know, uh, mean employer situation. Right. And, it could be, it could yeah, be. Yeah. And, and plus internet technology makes it just so much more possible anyway. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's true too. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy how all the, the world is right now. Yes, it is. <laughs> Yes, in many ways. <laughs> right. Yes, in many, many ways. <laughs> All right. Well, where can people find you online if they'd like to work with you? And did you have any offers coming up soon that you'd like to share? 
Yeah. Um, you can find me on my website. It's leahstein.com. Um, I also have a link on there with my services that take you to a different page on book it like a boss to show all my deals. And that's where you would actually purchase services. But uh, I do have a deal going on until January 2nd. It's a holiday deal. It's 25% off of any service. And you just enter the code holiday fun in the promo code. Holiday fun. Nice. Yeah. And 25% off is pretty big chunk. So that, that is, yes. I would, I would, yeah, take, take me up on that offer. Yeah. Get it while you can. <laughs> right. And well, in the new year, my prices are going to go up too. So definitely need to get it in there. All right. All the links for that will be in the show notes. Um, and my last yeah. question for you, which I ask all my guests is what advice can you give our listeners for living a wild creative life? Just do it. You know, if you wake up in the morning and you're like, man, I really want to just, I don't want to do anything today except for take a walk, then do it. Life is too short to not do it. And just, just get up and go and trust your intuition. When your body says you need a break, you probably need a break. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Leah, for joining us. It was a real pleasure. Thank you for having me. And thank you to you, listener, for tuning in today. I hope something resonated with you during my conversation with Leah. If you're struggling with copy for your lead magnet or your website, Leah might just be the answer for you. So don't forget to take her up on her offer of 25% off her services, which lasts until January 2nd. And the info for all of that is in the show notes. If you're enjoying the podcast overall, please do rate and review. Don't forget to subscribe, follow, share, or you can now join my Patreon to show support for the show. Just go to patreon.com slash Kivetna. If you have any questions, comments, or topic ideas for future episodes, please email me at emmakivetna at gmail.com. Otherwise, until we meet again, stay wild, stay creative. <laughs>